I needed two weeks just to process that final. Picture this, the Men's World Cup Final, the biggest stage of them all for the biggest prize of them all. An estimated 1.5 billion people watching around the world. On one side, Argentina with Lionel Messi, perhaps the greatest of all time, the GOAT. On the other side, defending champion France with Kylian Mbappe, perhaps the best player in the world right now. At a minimum, this game would be exciting, but would it be more than that? Could it be more than that? Could it be the GOAT, the greatest game of all time? Oh yes, let us count the ways. Welcome to Soccer FC, Fandom and Culture. This is an exploration of soccer fandom and culture for new fans. Of course, there's more to soccer than what happens on the field. I'm Wright Signaris, soccer aficionado and explorer. Before the World Cup kicked off, Lionel Messi had won just about all the titles you could win. He won the Ballon d'Or, given to the Player of the Year, a record seven times. His Barcelona teams won their league championship in Spain ten times. He and Barcelona won the Copa del Rey, the Spanish domestic competition, seven times. Against the best of the best, Barcelona had won the Champions League in Europe four times. When he moved to Paris Saint-Germain last year, he won the league championship there too. Last year with Argentina, they won the Copa America, the South American Championship, for the first time in almost 20 years, over mighty Brazil in their home stadium. And then they beat Italy in a South American-European champion showdown called the Finalissima. But the World Cup had eluded him four times. Argentina went to the final against Germany in 2014 and lost an extra time. A loss in this year's World Cup final would have been a crushing blow to his legacy. By the next Men's World Cup in 2026, he would be 39 years old, with no guarantees he would even be playing soccer, much less at the highest level. He himself said this year was his last shot at the World Cup. Messi not winning a World Cup would be like if Michael Jordan had won zero championships with the Chicago Bulls, but won everything else he could win. On the biggest stage, Messi had one last mission. Meanwhile, Kylian Mbappe already has a World Cup win. At the last Men's World Cup in 2018, as a 19-year-old, he and France won in an exciting final against Croatia and lifted the trophy. He became the first teenager to score in a Men's World Cup final in 60 years when Pelé did it as a 17-year-old. Mbappe was named Best Young Player of the 2018 World Cup. No country had won back-to-back -back Men's World Cups since Pelé and Brazil did it in 1962, so they were hunting for their own history. Mbappe may just be on his way to becoming the greatest of all time himself. And, in another fun twist, Messi and Mbappe are teammates at Paris Saint-Germain. So when Messi scored on a penalty kick in the 23rd minute, Angel Di Maria added a second goal in the 36th minute, it looked like Argentina may cruise to the title. And for the next 44 minutes, they were the better team. France hardly had a sniff of the Argentina goal. Until the 80th minute. France was awarded a penalty kick of their own, and Mbappe scored it.
Then he scored again with a finely placed laser of a full volley less than two minutes later. This ball had velocity. In science, the basic definition of velocity is speed but with a specific direction, and this shot by Mbappe had it. He took a chip pass from Marcus Torum just inside the 18-yard box and directed a screamer of a shot exactly where 6'5 Argentine goalkeeper Emmy Martinez could not reach it. France made a comeback worthy of their defending champion stature. Whether you believe that momentum exists in sports or not, France was the better team from then on, even as Messi uncorked a hard shot that might have won the title in stoppage time that France goalkeeper Hugo Lloris parried over the crossbar. <gasps> and yet, Messi came through again, scoring in the second period of extra time, cashing in a rebound of a Lotaro Martinez shot that Lloris saved. Now there's 12 minutes to go. Could it be, finally? No, not in this crazy game, as France was awarded another penalty kick <gasps> with four minutes to go in extra time because of a handball in the 18-yard box by Argentina's Gonzalo Montiel. Oh! Mbappe coolly finished off that penalty kick, completing a men's World Cup final hat trick, the first since Jeff Hurst did it for England in 1966. And for one last heart stopper in the 123rd minute, that is, in the third minute of added time after 30 minutes of extra time, France's Randall Colo Mouani broke in all alone on the Argentina goal. Emiliano Martinez made the save of his life. Without that save by Martinez, the game does not go to penalty kicks and France surely would have been back-to-back -back World Cup champions today. Fitting because the penalty kick shootout is Emmy Martinez time. Emmy Martinez, the Sultan of Shithousery, is famous for playing mind games and trying to throw off penalty takers with trash talk and other antics. You probably know by now that Argentina won the shootout with much thanks to Martinez's save against Aurelien Chumani and Kingsley Coman missing his shot for France. If you haven't watched the shootout, I recommend watching it. It's like the movie Apollo 13. Even though you knew the outcome, it was still thrilling. Sports is funny in that Gonzalo Montiel committed the penalty that made the game 3-3. And who else but Gonzalo Montiel would have the chance to score the penalty kick that would win the World Cup for Argentina. Hooray! For a game that had drama to spare, that little twist was a perfect cherry on a grand Sunday of a final. Messi finally has his World Cup to put on his mantle. The superstar athletes' homes have mantles. He must have a pretty big mantle for all his trophies and awards. Fortunately, the FIFA World Cup trophy is only about 14 inches tall with a base of 5 inches in diameter. A few more thoughts about what made this game so great. Scoring a hat-trick but still losing the match is rare, but it happens in soccer. Matt Letizier did it twice for Southampton in the English Premier League. 
I feel for Mbappe, he carried that team and his whole country in the final. He does already have a World Cup winner's medal and the world at his feet though, so he'll be fine. But still, if it was anyone else, that would be rough. Great players make great plays, and I submit that Messi's pass in the build-up to the Di Maria goal is an example. He's not even facing the goal, he's going the opposite direction of the rest of his teammates, he's on his own side of the 50-yard line, he has two French players marking him, but he makes just a little backward flick of the ball with the outside of his boot to Ulian Alvarez. Now, Alvarez is going in the proper direction, and two long passes later, Di Maria scores. I used to watch Wayne Gretzky make these kinds of pinpoint back passes on the ice, seemingly to nowhere, but he knew exactly what he was doing. Igor Dmitriev, longtime Soviet hockey coach, once said Gretzky is like an invisible man. He appears out of nowhere, passes to nowhere, and a goal is scored. Messi was like that for this goal. Maybe the English are cursed after all. If Harry Kane had made his second penalty kick in the quarterfinal against France, England would likely win that match. England would likely win that match. Mbappe wouldn't even have the stage to score all those penalty kicks in the final. As the insane last 10 minutes of regulation were happening, it reminded me of the 2006 Men's World Cup final between France and Italy. I thought that was an insane ending, where France's Zinedine Zidane headbutted Marco Materazzi of Italy, got a red card, and was disqualified and then France lost on penalty kicks. 16 years later, France was back in a penalty shootout in the World Cup Final. And whether you like penalty shootouts or not, they're undeniably dramatic. I have gone back and forth on whether I think this is a fair way to decide a match. Right now my needle is pointing towards penalty shootouts are okay. Shootouts aren't perfect, but the majority of these players are running hard for 90 minutes and then 30 minutes of extra time, so does it really make for good soccer to make them run even more? The exception to this rule is Messi, of course. He's become known for seemingly not running hard, just walking around. But when the time is right, he is a killer. See the Gretzky comparison I just made. By now it's been a couple weeks since that final. I really did need two weeks to process everything that happened in that game. Greatest game of all time, with the greatest of all time, and destiny, pitted against the best player in the world, and dynasty, on the biggest stage of them all, for the biggest prize of them all. Soccer FC, Fandom and Culture is a Meteorite production. Sources for this episode are in the show notes. Check out our website, soccerfc.co for all Soccer FC content. Produced and edited by me, Wright Sinaras. Theme music is Lucky Day by The Meritocracy. Additional music by Eugenio Minini and sounds by Mixkit. Many thanks to Alice Sinaras. Next on Soccer FC is a reflection on and tribute to Pelé. And after that, back to our regularly scheduled programming. I don't even know what that is anymore. I'm still delirious from that final. You've been listening to Soccer FC, Fandom and Culture. Because there's more to soccer than what happens on the field. Thanks for tuning in. Asidendo Tolimus. <laughs> <laughs>